1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Uh, we have two guests joining us today talking about a really cool competition that's going on here uh, locally or semi-locally in LA. So they are from, well, one is from the AIA LA committee that's putting the competition on. The other basically created a virtual world for this competition or assisted in creating that virtual world. So please help me welcome Christina Howell and Garrett Ammerman. Christina, Hi. Garrett, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having
1: us. Thanks. So, Christina, let's let's start with you to talk a little bit about AIA LA's organization of this uh, competition. It's the two by eight, right? Right. And uh, can you give me the full name for that, and then talk a little bit about the competition?
2: Yes, this is called two by eight domum student scholarship program and exhibition. So as a part of two by eight committee, AALA has uh, multiple committees and two by eight is a committee that focuses on organizing and putting together the student exhibition. It's yearly. This year it's completely virtual. So we have a team that works on putting this together, making a website, making this virtual environment. Uh, Garrett's he worked with us on designing uh, this exhibition. So every year we have a, also a competition for the design of the exhibition, which this year faculty participated in that. And other parts of TOA committee contain media outreach, student outreach, because we have invited multiple schools to participate. So we work closely with schools, with panel, um, Participants, we are putting together two other events to discuss um, various issues. This year it is about housing, right to housing, and also the dismantling racism in architecture. So it's a large group that works on putting together this large event that includes various parts.
1: Yeah. Who's participating? How many schools? And is it, it's just all California, correct?
2: Uh, yes, it's California schools' so sixteen um architecture schools throughout California, and we have representation from four year schools as well as two year schools so you'll see different levels different students included in the
1: competition very cool and then garrett you were uh you were approaching this design of the event uh exhibition space and then covid. Hit us all. <laughs> I assume it was what uh, turned
3: everything upside down, and you guys had to pivot on that, right? Yeah, exactly. We had a um, physical exhibition designed for a space in downtown Los Angeles. You know, we're we're kind of working through the details on that <laughs> construction sequence, uh, acquiring materials, all that kind of stuff, and then you know we got a kind of uh, a pause, a full stop, and then um, uh, convert over to a virtual kind of midsummer. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty abrupt uh, change, but um, I, hopefully it worked out. We, uh, we scrambled to put it all together, and the uh, team's been working really hard on it.
1: So we're looking right now at sort of a preview of the virtual world that you've created, and all guests can go to this website. Christina, is it, is it going to be, have you guys decided if it'll be open throughout the rest of the year or um, longer?
2: Yes, it will be open at least to the end of the year. And if you can't make it to the opening ceremony, don't worry. You can always access the website and go through it yourself.
1: So if you are listening to this after the date of the opening, feel free. You can still check it out. But we want to make sure that you go to the website on opening day, which is uh, this Thursday, correct?
2: Yes, it's on the 5th of november at 6 p.m
1: the 5th of november at 6 p.m uh you have the opening ceremony and then that's when money will be going to the winner of the competition yes
2: that's when the jury will be announcing the winners of the competition
1: and then what are the dates of the panels
2: we have uh, panel one that is called Right to Housing on November 12th uh, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. And then the next panel is in a week. It's called Dismantling Systematic Racism in Pedagogy. And it's on November 19th, also at 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m.
1: Okay. Uh, Very timely conversations. We've been having these um, all year, pretty much, for both of those. So... um... Look forward to checking those out. So, Christina uh, and Garrett, whoever wants to jump in, what kind of projects are going to be on display?
2: Yes, we we have a variety of projects addressing various issues um, that we will be actually discussing during the panel, but there are some that stood out to us and the jury, and they are Well, there's this one that's looking at breaking down the monolithic nature of conventional mixed-use urban building. It's looking at reorganization and maybe um, interstitial spaces between public and private that results in clusters that will um, celebrate a collectivity and individuality. So it steps away from conventional uh, housing as we know it then there are also other projects that address uh, neglected uh, populations for example in downtown Los Angeles and looking at how we can address that issue and there's also community college projects that they had while COVID was already in place and they were tasked with creating projects that would address the pandemic and they looked at how can we create housing and they looked at communal living, but also making it safe where people can share communal spaces, but also in a safe way, considering the current pandemic. So it's a very interesting project that focuses on a lot of current topics and problems that we have out there.
3: And I would just... Um... I would just add one thing about the website that's really great, that's definitely uh, stands apart from a physical exhibition where, you know, you would enter space and kind of walk around and have to discover the work. There may be a a kind of pamphlet or something to guide you, but uh, more or less you have to kind of walk around to find the work. What we could do with the virtual space and especially the web-based kind of interactivity is, you know, be able to also filter the work. So if you go in to the website and you're viewing the the work you can also look at different concepts different ideas in housing um, social issues from different uh, you can classify uh, by these concepts by school stuff like that so there is a way that someone could come go in and uh, look for very specific um, ideas within the work and then filter in order to get a better sense of that
1: and then it's set up that you can use um, the vr headset and we're looking at uh, some video or sort of the website where you are walking around in a virtual space and there's pin-up boards uh, or walls where boards are pinned up on the walls and then uh, a model that's floating right in front of the wall of the oh. uh, boards, which is really cool. So you can use a headset, VR headset as well, right?
3: It's mainly set up to be viewed on the web, like this. So this is all designed in Unity, and you can use your kind of mouse, the mouse to keystroke around and look at look at different areas.
1: Okay. And then there's um, presentations. I understand from each student that you can hear sort sort of them describing the project.
2: Yes. Uh, what's different about this year is that you're not actually in a physical space. And a lot of times when you go to an exhibition in a physical space, you actually don't get a chance to talk to the artist or to a student, for example, in this case, who put together this work. So what's great about this year is that we have recordings of every student describing their project. So you will get this opportunity to actually see them and see what they had in mind and have that almost personal interaction with them.
1: Yeah, Jason, have you been to any of these types of events?
0: Not, not to any of that have to do with like the architecture type stuff. But I'm trying to relate it to some other things that I've seen, you know. Um, and 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 I have, but it's not purely based on architecture. I'm trying to understand in my mind right now. I see a lot of benefits to actually doing it virtually Um, to Christina's point, you know, it being that you can actually listen to what each uh, designer had as an idea, as opposed to a group of people kind of fighting for attention in that situation. But then as good as the modeling looks like, like with the boards up on the wall and then even having somewhat of that 3d rendering, you know, kind of floated out in front, you know, I just wonder how, because this is really good for our industry in general, right? Because a lot of stuff is going this way. Like, I wonder how much, you gain or miss by having it done this way versus being in person specifically with that part, the model itself, you know, everything else I tend to think could make a lot of sense and, and could be a good substitute. It's the model part that I'm, that I'm wondering about, you know what I mean? Um, which I know a whole lot of time goes into that, right? Um, as you guys are designing and putting those things together. And it's almost like that's the, that's the, the trophy piece at the end that you can't really show, which is a bummer, but, you know, more so problem solving for the future and how we can make that more relatable, you know, because again, our industry, especially on the new home side, so much of it has gone virtual. And so, and almost every project now has these virtual tours and stuff like that. So I don't think it's a myth because I think people are used to seeing that anyway. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think the one thing you do miss is being able to turn to some random person next to you and talk about the project. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I think you miss. But the huge plus is the access because mm. you don't have to fight traffic to get there to see this. Um, so, like, I don't want to drive from Orange County to L.A., but I can jump on this website super easy and kind of look around and, and check things out. And that the fact that it's going to be up for a while, I don't have to look through every single project right away. I can, you know, kind of leisurely check it out when I have time and then being able to jump onto those conversations of uh, the panels from home is really cool. Um, not having to put on a suit and sit, <laughs> sit in a crowd uh, is a huge plus to me. So uh, I think you guys did a great job of what I can see from here right now. So Garrett, talk a little bit about putting this virtual world together and that that process. What were the difficulties, I guess, trying to accomplish this what were you trying to
3: create yeah so i mean the probably the biggest challenge in in merging over to the virtual world design versus the physical world is there was just no site you know there was kind of nothing to go off of um at least in the physical world we had a kind of uh you know tenant rented space that we could bounce off of there were a few kind of like you know concrete uh, columns in the middle that we could, you know, kind of dance around with our design and stuff like that. But th- this was just really completely open, you know, design in a vacuum and it could have been anything. Um, with, with, with that being said, we we definitely wanted to relate it to the overall uh, brief that we were given. Uh, I mean, the student projects do a lot more with housing than what we were asked to, asked to do, but we still wanted to re- relate it to housing and a kind of uh, scalar effect and also how these uh, individual pods, if, if you are starting to look a little bit deeper into this, you'll see that each student project resides within a kind of individual uniquely shaped pod that's then embedded in this like larger scaffolding kind of sectional quality geometry. So it was, uh, you know, the challenge was that it was very abstract <laughs> and uh, very broad on what could be done. But once we started zooming in, with some of the original typography that was provided on the brief and some of the uh, original kind of color schemes and stuff like that. Once we kind of started zooming in, a lot of ideas started coming up. We had a lot of back and forth with the two by eight team and they had some ideas. So it it kind of, uh, you know, it eventually it worked itself out. But the biggest thing that I wanted to establish in this was a few things that I saw where virtual uh, exhibitions like this were going and that I wanted to avoid so for one being uh, just the recreation of an already physical space. That's what we didn't want to do. We didn't want to just model a, a building that exists in the, in the real world to put in here. So we avoided that trope. And then um, another one is we just didn't want a kind of a flying free-for-all kind of vacuum world where n- there was kind of no orientation, no up, no down. You were just kind of flying around. Uh, we saw a few examples like that. So there were we had a couple of constraints as far as what we wanted to avoid. We do end up with something that has general orientation, a kind of up and down. And then these student pods are arranged in this scaffolding. But of course, you know, you can move just as easily up and down as you can side to side, which is a huge advantage of this. And then you can filter, which is a huge advantage. And then I wanted to touch on a point that Jason had. Um, we really like the idea of, you know, getting the student models in here. And being able to see those as well, because those are digital models that would not have been seen in a physical exhibit. They would have had to have built a whole another, you know, physical model in order to uh, show in an exhibit, a physical exhibit. So, I do I do agree that uh, the disadvantage is you don't get to get up close with this this uh, nicely constructed model with materials and stuff like that. The advantage is I think on a, a further step of this is if the models were you know, a little more detailed out materials and things like that. And it was, uh, it, they were had a little bit more time to spend on them. Then I think the virtual might offer something else that you actually get to get into that model, (laughs) which you couldn't do. You couldn't do, obviously you couldn't do that in, in physical space. You could only ever look at it from aerial point of view. So although we don't actually get into the models in this exhibit, this time, I think that is a, a kind of further, further step that. They'd probably like to look into for next year.
0: That's a really good point, actually.
1: And one thing I did want to touch on on that from that perspective, from the t- student side, um, particularly students that come from disadvantaged sort of backgrounds, is that the cost of putting those models together is astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a, a difficult time. They can be, you know, five hundred dollars plus sometimes to to generate those types of models. With um, you know, if you don't have an income. Or you are strapping whatever income you can generate to survive on making those types of models just are extremely difficult so i I appreciate that from the student perspective of having of avoiding having to put out that extra cost and including the boards because those can be two hundred dollars for those right. as well
3: definitely I've seen models cost you know four or five thousand dollars with you know, 3D printed facades and (laughs) laser cut uh, interiors and, you know, there, there's always kind of competition here. So if, if, if some schools are able to do that and other schools aren't and stuff like that here in the, in the kind of virtual world, it's a little bit more level, everything's kind of more on an equal playing field. And, uh, you know, the, the, as far as the virtual models go, the digital models, they can be as detailed as, you know, the students had time to, to do.
1: Yeah. So I love it overall, um, love what you guys put together. I think this is a, a huge, there's a, a huge opportunity to move in this direction or maybe in conjunction when we get out of this COVID environment um, to have this in conjunction with, you know, an actual in-person event. But I think a lot of the, the burden that is avoided on the student side and the flexibility that this, this allows for a visitor is amazing to me. And just seeing that that model right there rotating in front of you is so cool. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Um, how can people uh, go to the website first, uh, Christina?
2: It's 2by8.org. We'll have a link to the website there.
1: Okay. Do you guys yeah. have separate social media or anything around this event?
2: We have... Um... A page where you can access all the information. It's AALA two by eight, so you can see all the information on our Instagram page, and there also a link to the website where you can RSVP, and you can find all the information there. So please follow us. It's AALA two by eight, two x
1: eight. Okay, two x eight. And then Garrett, your company and how can people follow you and see the work that you're doing?
3: Uh, Yeah. So uh, the office is um, Third Studio, spelled T-H-R dot D studio. Uh, We're based in Los Angeles. Um, And then, you know, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. uh, We're on there.
1: All right. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Jason. Thank you to the listeners. We will talk again on Thursday or Wednesday. We have an episode coming out Wednesday. Check that out. It's on co-working spaces and then we'll be back here for express on Thursday. Thanks.
2: Thank you so much for having
1: us. Just one quick reminder, just to make sure that it was clear and you go there opening day, which is November 5th at 6 PM, go to two by eight, Dot org That's the numbers to X8.org. And Jason, um, just we want to make sure to remind everybody, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, make sure to go vote. If you haven't voted for our listeners here in the US, I think it closes at like 8pm pretty much yeah. across the board, yeah. wherever you are. So make sure to go vote. And then we'll see when we come back here on Thursday, what world we're in. <laughs>
0: should you and i like like red predictions and mail it to each other should we put some kind of bet on it like we could do a few different ones that way it's post dated and stamped and there's no question yeah
1: (laughs) well we could do that but uh i think we agree on who will be the winner but really yeah but uh
0: really do you want to do you want to state who we might agree on that means you changing a little bit to come to my you know to my no not actually not that i want pretty steady on that
1: yeah yeah, not that i want trump to win but i think he
0: will yes i think trump will win i think
1: it'll be a landslide actually Oh, no, uh, I, I don't think a landslide. No, but. I'm,
0: I'm stating it, then, you know, whatever. So that way, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. It's fine. Okay. Um, but I think we both will agree that uh, President Trump will take four more years in office. So uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah.
1: So make sure to go vote 8 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, November. What is that third? And then uh, we'll see you back here the world will still be here one way or another so we'll see you back here just for a couple days yeah so we'll see you on here on Thursday thanks Mm -hmm. this show is part of the Gable Media Network you can check out similar content at gablemedia.com that's G-A-B-L media.com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a 5 star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app it helps others find us And your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon.